Blood Diner by Daniel Williams, the second half. I'm Archie, Archie Fruber, reporter at the Huron City Bugler. I'm chasing a big story to get me out of this town and into a big city newspaper. The story involves a group of vampire LARPers, a woman in a strawberry beret named Bella, who is now laying on a slab with holes in her neck, deader than a doornail, with a death certificate from the Grim Reaper himself. I had been hoping to cover a story that involved the Huron City Mayor, a butcher, a large wad of cash, and a llama named Lucille, but that story had been handed to Dennis Blaine, senior reporter at the Bugler and all-around bad cabbage. It was Blaine who had been trying to put me off my investigation into the vampires of the Blood Sorrow Gathering, or BSG for short, and this made him suspicious as a raccoon in a mask pretending to take out the trash. And when Blaine had destroyed all my photographic evidence of fake vampire ceremonies and the deceased Bella, something was fishier than a pickerel processing plant at the bottom of the lake. Without that evidence, I had to go back to the police and convince them that something was extremely unusual about Bella's death. Look, Lenny, there's a woman dead in Thornberry's morgue with bite marks on her neck, who just so happened to be attending the kooky vampire club ceremony the night before. I know you're looking for a story, Archie, but we have to wait for the coroner's report. Someone is trying to cover something up, something that's as weird and as deadly as a rattlesnake in a sombrero. You know, Blaine destroyed all my photographs. Uh, look, I'm sure it was a mistake. Dennis did come to release you, after all. I'm on to a story, a big story, one involving the death of an innocent young woman caught up with misfits and, and, and monsters. Now the police will deal with all the suspicious stuff. You want to see something suspicious? Then let's go to the morgue. What? Now? Yes, now! You need to see that body before it disappears like my photographs. But by the time we got to the morgue, we were already too late. Bella's body had been in cold storage for two nights, but now it was nowhere to be seen. This is all a bit strange. Not if Bella was correct. She warned me about this, that someone could become one of them. <laughs> Become a vampire? Well, well, now that you say it out loud... <laughs> well, that could make the paperwork interesting, I guess. The last time I'd seen Bella alive was in the basement of the stinking cadaver cafe and apothecary. She'd been brought in as an offering for the mysterious Amora Anderson during a ceremony in which the stinking cadaver boss, Eddie Spengler, had referred to the dawning of another hundred years of the blood sorrow gathering. Sorry, the, the BSG. Had Bella's body been removed to cover up a role-playing game that had taken a fatal turn? Or had Bella's bite marks been those of the blood-draining variety and had turned her into one of the undead? It had to be the first explanation, as even Huron City couldn't have a real vampire. My head throbbed trying to make sense of it all, but like Detective Lenny Holbin, I had interesting paperwork of my own to contend with. Harvey Scallion Jr., my boss and owner-slash-editor of the Huron City Bugler, had assigned me the task of looking through the entries of newspapers' biannual Spot the Fish Fly competition. It's a prestigious competition for the newspaper, Fruber. I need the results on my desk before you go. But there's a body gone missing from Thornberry's morgue. That's more important than someone identifying the correct location of a fish fly in a photo. As soon as the police forward me that information, then we'll have a story. Now get back to those entries. And Fruber, just make sure you're not related to the winner. Which is the reason he'd given me this thankless task, and not Dennis Blaine. Blaine's relations riddled Huron City like the mold in an overly ripe blue cheese. I was guessing that one of those veins was the reason Blaine was trying to put me off this BSG story. You deleted my pictures on purpose, Dennis. I told you to stay away from this friber. You're related to every other person in this town. You know something. Arch, Archie, Archibald. You have me all wrong. 
While it is true my family network runs... Runs deeper than the well that's just won the world's deepest well competition. That doesn't mean I'm biased. You can take away my photographs, but you can't take away what I saw in the stinking cadaver and in the morgue. Well, maybe you need your eyes tested. It's not as if you can show anyone what you claim to have seen, is it? There's a body missing from the morgue. And I'm pretty sure I heard Scallion tell you he's waiting to hear from the police. Maybe you should get your ears tested the same time they look at your eyes. And why not get a spelling test too while you're at it? You've already taken one big story away from me, Blaine. You're not taking two in one week. Get back to looking at fish flies, Freeber. That's the only news item you're capable of catching. You know, like a fisherman uses flies to catch things. Oh, and stop angling for a good story when there's none. <laughs> the words, they come so easy, so easy. Neither the police, the morgue, nor the newspaper seemed interested in Bella's missing body. And with my evidence destroyed, I felt like my path down this story was running into a dead end. And joining it was my hope of that big scoop I wanted so badly. I dumped the fish fly results on Scallion's desk, and out of desperation, I followed Blaine after he left work. I knew he was hiding something, and fortunately for me, I didn't have to wait long for something interesting to happen. Instead of going back to his bachelor condo, Blaine had gone into Old Town, the place with, well, the old buildings. I hid while Blaine walked the long driveway to a large Victorian property set back from the road. It looked about as welcoming as an abandoned abattoir at the end of October. The curtains were drawn, despite the sun still being up. Once he'd reached the front door, Blaine furtively looked around before he disappeared into the dark interior. While I waited, I called my former housemate, Tabitha Chocolate, to tell her about Bella's missing body, but like everyone else, she had little interest. You still chasing after this, Archie? Tabby, a body is missing. Blaine is destroying evidence, and you have vampire ceremonies going on in your workplace. And I need this workplace. Eddie's put me on final notice. If you show up here again, I'm as good as unemployed. But you knew Bella, the, the woman in the strawberry beret? Yes, Bella. She was one of our nicer customers, for sure. But if you're planning on attending the Blood Sorrow Gathering again... Uh, the BSG. What? BSG. It's quicker than saying Blood Sorrow Gathering. Fine. If you're planning on attending the... <sighs> BSG again, I'll ram your notebook and pencil where even Sherlock Holmes will never find it. So the vampire freaks are still meeting at the cadaver. Stay away, Archie. As Tabitha hung up, I watched while Blaine exited the building, made his way to his car, and drove off. Once he'd driven out of sight, I walked up the path. No one came when I knocked at the door. I peered through the gap in the curtains, but no lights were on, and what furniture there was looked like items even the Salvation Army would reject. A window around the back was open wide enough for me to lift up and get inside. Using the light from my phone, I looked around. It was clear that no one else had lived here for years, decades, maybe even centuries. I reached what must have been a sitting room, whose only furniture was a chaise lounge with three legs. Lying on the torn upholstery was something that caused my heart to race faster than a homing pigeon needing the bathroom. It was a beret. Bella's strawberry red beret. The same one I'd returned to her at the stinking cadaver on the night she possibly died. But before I could ponder the significance of my discovery, a door creaked open. And up from the basement walked a woman who made the beige towelette housecoat she was wearing shine like a ball gown. Hello, R. R. Arthur. Or, should I say, Archie. It was Amora Anderson, her face full moon pale and eyes darker than midnight. I wasn't expecting a visit. 
especially from you. I am a lucky lady. What was Dennis Blaine doing here? Dennis? Oh, he was just dropping in to see how I was. Such a good boy is our Dennis. And why would Dennis Blaine be coming to see how you were? Family always looks out for family, Archie. Would you like me to look after you? I knew it! I, I knew Blaine had family messed up in this! Messed up in what? What's he hiding? Why is he protecting you and pretending he doesn't know you? Oh, I think you've been jumping to conclusions, believing that anything is being hidden. I wanted to grab Bella's beret and shove it in her face, but Amora was the one doing the grabbing right now. Do I look like the sort of woman who needs protecting? Up close I could see her unplucked unibrow, but Amora was more interested in looking at my neck. You shouldn't have come here, little boy. <sighs> Amora's mouth opened wide. She was certainly committed to her roleplay given how expensive her prosthetic fangs seemed, but as Amora went to bite down, she pulled away before drawing blood. <gasps> no! I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Archie. I, I can't do this. What? You can't do what? You... you haven't chosen to come here like the others. Like Bella? Did she choose? You're all a bunch of freaks, and living in a place like this is taking the role-playing a bit too far. Not every dark place is filled with evil, just as every house of light is not flowing with virtue. <sighs> Stop talking like you're reading a college freshman's fridge magnet. And you stop looking for things that are not there. You have nothing to gain, and many people have so much to lose. I'm not listening to someone whose house was last cleaned at the end of the Civil War. I'm trying to help you, Archie, before you wade in too deep for your water wings to keep you afloat. And at this, she lunged at me, knocking me backwards into the chase lounge. In the struggle, I grabbed a hold of Bella's beret and made it to the window just in time to let the last rays of sun into the shabby lounge. Please, Archie, for everyone's sake, including yours. Where's Bella? And what's her connection to the BSG? The, the BS what? The Blood Sorrow Gathering. Ugh, we're calling it that now? Ugh, it's quicker, just trust me. If you say so. The... BSG is nothing to be scared of, Archie. She moved towards me, fangs bared and eyes burning deep red. I hopped through the window, and as the sun dropped faster than an anchor, I ran down the path, into my car, and sped away. By the time I'd got home, I'd stopped sweating enough to think. Dennis Blaine was an only child with no child of his own, so what part of his extended family was Amora Anderson? It could have been a cousin, even a third cousin, twice removed and then put back again, but Blaine's protests at my investigations, plus Amora's warm words about Blaine, left me thinking they were closer. But how? I decided to call on Tabitha and tell her about finding Bella's beret, but before I could dial, there was a knock at the door. Dennis, what are you doing here? Why did you go to get my great grand my great friend's house? Your great gr friend's? Yes, my great friend's house. That's what we call each other. I could ask you the same thing, Dennis. Given your great friend appears to be the fake vampire queen, you know far more about the BSG than you let on. BSG? Blood Sorrow Gathering. Gotcha. Well, you know far more about the BSG than you let on. Please, Archie. You have to stay away. I did you a favor paying your bail. Now you have to return that favor. What are you messed up in? It's complicated. But you don't understand, and you don't need to understand. Don't tell me what I can and can't understand. I'm a reporter. It's my job to understand things. But not this story. 
Please, Archie. I'm begging you. Please. I didn't know what was more disturbing, being chased by a vampire or Dennis Blaine kneeling on my floor mat, sobbing into his knees. Considering you destroyed my evidence, I consider us even. Now stop wiping your nose on my pants and get out! I felt confused. Was Amora telling me the truth about being out of my depth? Did I really have no business looking into this story, or was Blaine's pleading nothing more than an act to stop me from uncovering something deadly and despicable in the bowels of Huron City? I held Bella's strawberry beret. What had happened to her? There was something deadly and despicable going on. Deadly and despicable enough to get me onto the front page. Amora's pretend fangs had been terrifying, but not as terrifying as imagining myself as old as Dennis Blaine and still spewing out stories for the bugler. I went to call Tabitha again, but a text came through. And it was from Bella. Archie, help! Exclamation mark. They have me. I started to shake. Was this a text from the dead? Who has got you? Question mark. The Blood Sorrow Gathering. The B-S-G? Question mark. B-S-G? Question mark. Question mark. N-M. Where are you? Locked in Amora's basement. I saw you in the morgue. Long story, hyphen. I'll explain. Call me, period. I can't, hyphen. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark. People will hear. K, hyphen. Where did we first meet? Question mark. The Crooked Rook. No one but Bella would have known about our first rendezvous, so I drove as fast as I could, reminding myself never to text on radio again. In the dark, Amora's house looked even scarier, like the kind of place that even local exorcists would avoid. Bella had texted that the house was empty and that the key to the basement was kept in the cookie jar, so I entered through the window once more. Bella! Are you there? Archie, oh, I'm so glad it's you. Because of the echo, I couldn't tell if it really was Bella speaking or not. I started to feel very uneasy. B-B-Bella, is that you down there? Yes. Hurry, Archie. Please. I can't see anything. Is there a light down there? It's so dark. There are no lights in here. I don't know how long I'd been out, but when I came to, I was on Amora Anderson's cold basement floor with a sore head and no sign of Bella or anyone. Whoever had locked me down here clearly had something to hide. I'd been led into a trap to keep me out of the way, but out of the way of what? In the dark, lonely basement, I sifted through my thoughts. I had enough evidence for a story, that much was certain. Bella had ended up in the morgue after attending a vampire party that went wrong, and when she vanished from the morgue, no one seemed to care. And where was Bella's body now? Unhinged fanfiction fanatic Amora Anderson was involved in Bella's disappearance, and Anderson was connected to my repulsive colleague Dennis Blaine, and Dennis had threatened and then pleaded with me to stop my investigations into the BSG. I began to fear that the reason I was trapped down here was because of that night. A gathering of the blood sorrow type was about to go down, and I needed to be there to get my story and find out what happened to Bella. And now, you're up to speed on what's been happening, so let's begin with the final act. Fortunately for me, and for the plot, whoever had bumped me on the head had not taken my phone. I couldn't get out of the basement, and I needed help. I've been trapped in a basement. Really? 
That sounds unfortunate. I need your help, Tabby. Um, I'm sorry, Archie. I'm not able to come. We're really, um, busy tonight. Are there the BSG there? No, no. Tonight, it's the choose the next Fonzie ceremony for the Huron City Happy Day Society. Oh, yes. Can't you hear that rocking and rolling in the background? What? Sorry, gotta go. I knew that particular society had broken up years ago, after their Ralph Melf had broken Potsy Weber's nose in a fight over Joni. Tabitha was acting super suspicious, and I still needed to get out. What do you want, Fruber? I need rescuing from a basement. <laughs> what? You call the police for that kind of thing. I did, but Lenny was ironing. Then call someone else. If you don't come and get me, I won't be able to finish that story about the Waffle Factory's bright new assembly line uniforms that you wanted on your desk first thing in the morning. <laughs> okay, okay. After Scallion had let me out, he took off and I drove fast as I could to the stinking cadaver. I knew they'd recognize me, so I avoided the front door and went straight to the side alley. All I could see was a tiny basement window at the foot of the wall. I knelt down and peered in. Not all the room was visible, but I could make out Eddie Spengler, boss of the stinking cadaver, reading from a large book. Welcome back to the Blood Sorrow Gathering. Today is a sacred day, not seen for a century. I started to record the proceedings, and not wanting to lose evidence again, I'd made sure that I was streaming to a sky full of storage clouds. As is the custom, the ancient title Queen of the Gathering will be transferred by way of a sacred offering from the outgoing wearer of the crown. At this point, Amora stepped beside Eddie. Was I about to witness a blood sacrifice right in front of me? And what would her offering be? I moved my head to get a better look and saw Tabitha moving slowly with something in her hands. Surely she was not messed up in all of this, or maybe Tabitha was the offering. I ran to the front entrance. Fearing detection, I shoved Bella's strawberry beret on my head. As the disguises went, it was hardly award-winning, but it got me inside, and I headed for the basement. The door was locked, but I had no time to waste. I charged in, and the door buckled, leaving me on the floor staring up at the participants of the gathering. Hey, fruit! Who let you in? You're supposed to be barred. Fibber, what are you doing here? I could ask you the same thing, but now I know why you were trying to stop me looking into the BSG. BSG? It's what Archie calls the blood sorrow gathering now. Quick, take his phone. It's too late, Dennis. All of this is already uploading to the cloud. I have my story, and there's no way you can delete my evidence now. But, but you can't. No, you can't. And just tell me why not, Blaine. Because... Because... As Blaine's face filled with tears, Amora stepped forward to put her arm around him. This isn't what you think it is, Archie. Isn't it? I can see for myself. Look at you all, dressed like circus rejects gathering in a grubby basement. Hey! About to perform some strange ritual that involves some kind of offering? You've got it all wrong. And I won't let Tabitha be the offering like Bella. Offering? What the heck are you talking about, Archie? Eddie spoke of an offering, and, and you came forward, so I ran in here to stop it and expose this madness for the world to see. Stop what, exactly? I don't want you to be the offering and end up in the morgue like Bella. I'm not the offering, dumbass. I have the offering. These Mary Jane chocolate brownies. But... But why all the secrecy then? Why tell me the Fonz was being chosen? Why lock me in a basement? To keep your chubby nose out. This is still a newsworthy story, Dennis, and you and your great friend Amora are at the heart of it. Please, Archie, don't. Don't take this story anywhere. You can't let Amora be found out. Found out about what? 
that she's a freaky Anne Rice fan involved in the disappearance of a young woman right here in Huron City? I can't just stand by and pretend I didn't see this. You, you don't understand. Then explain. Why are you protecting this Nosferatu nutter? Blaine was close to tears, and even I sensed they were real. Amora. Amora is part of my family. She's all I have. But you're related to half the people in here. She's all I have left of immediate family. I knew she was more than just a great friend or whatever the heck it was you said. Yes, Amora. Amora is my is my great-grandmother. Grand? What did you say? Great-grandmother? Yes, Archie, my great-grandmother. I told you Dennis was a good boy. He was just coming to check on his great-grandma. I was in shock. More shock than when as a kid I found out that the Huron City Eel Fairy didn't really deliver my birthday presents. I could see it now. The family resemblance, the unibrow... But, but, but that makes you over 120 years old. I do look rather good for my age, but blood does that for you. You are... You're a... a, a. Yes, Archie. The V word. A real vampire. Right here, in Huron City. Archie, please, don't tell this story. But the blood, the drinking, the offerings... They're just cakes. Okay, but still, the blood and the drinking... I don't kill Archie. The blood sorrow gathering... BS... Shut up with your BSG! The blood sorrow gathering is a friendly society. We have people from all over the Great Lakes come to see me. Those obsessed with vampires get to meet a real one. I sign a few autographs, talk about the old days, and I drink a little of their blood. Drink some blood? All willingly given. Willingly? Yes, willingly. That's why, that's why you didn't eat me at your house. Yes, and you don't know how hard that was, my delicious young prince. My head was spinning. I looked around the room. These people certainly weren't afraid, nor did they look like they were waiting for real sacrifices with their brownies. Was this a harmless, yet a quite frankly unbelievable gathering of people, indulging in nothing more than mutually consensual weirdness? They almost had me believing it, were it not for one missing piece. That was Bella. I held up her strawberry beret. Even if I were to believe all of this crazy talk, I still have a story to be exposed in what happened to Bella. Then why don't you ask me yourself, Mr. Fruber, and I can tell you all about it. I turned around, and walking towards me was Bella, her hair bouncing like golden mattress springs and her eyes as dark as those Huron City potholes. Bella, you're alive. In a fashion, you could say. But I saw you dead, dead on the slab. All part of my transformation, Mr. Fruber. Transformation? Bella was one of our willing offerings, but she was special. Bella was the chosen one. The chosen one? Every hundred years, a new queen is chosen to lead the blood sorrow gathering. My time has come to an end, and Bella will reign for the next hundred years. I had more questions than a bumper book of crosswords, but something still didn't add up. But, Bella, you called me to tell me about these vampires, to to warn me. We met at the cafe. I know. And I'm sorry for all the trouble I caused everyone, but I was scared, Mr. Fruber. It's not every day one chooses to swap this mortal life for an eternal one. My human soul didn't want to give up the future it had planned out, and I panicked. Arch. Archie. Archibald. 
If you expose this story, then what of all our futures? Amora would be hounded out of Huron City, and I'd be left all alone without my great-grandma, without a real family. And I'd have to leave my house that's been my home for over a century. And my reign would be over before it's really begun. And the meetings of the Blood Sorrow Gathering are the only thing that keeps the stinking cadaver afloat. And without the stinking cadaver, I'd have no job. And I've saved so much that I'm close to buying my ticket out Out of of Huron City. Yes, yes, I get your point, but what about my ticket out of here? This story is my ticket out of here. I looked around at their sorrowful, pleading faces. I felt like a cruel teacher about to assign an eternity of homework just before the bell rang on the last day of school. Mr. Fruber, I'm sure you can look into your heart and realize there is more at stake than just you here. There's a future for you at the Bugle of Archie. I can retire early and you can have my position. Maybe. Maybe I'm not so good with the words after all. As Tabitha tried to butter me up with a Mary Jane brownie, I thought of Blaine's offer. And it was about as tempting as being trapped in a sleeping bag with a flatulent bulldog. I can't, Dennis. I can't do it. I can't stay here. Then do as you must, my prince. I spared you. But... If you're that kind of guy. Not killing me and drinking my blood is the least I expect from people. But even if I didn't owe Amora a favor, there was somebody here that I did owe a favor. Dennis, you released me from my jail, and I'll return the favor by dropping this story. Oh, Arch, Archie Archibald. But you destroyed my photos and videos, all of them. So you still owe me one. Anything, anything you want. How about telling me the location of a llama named Lucille and I'll consider us even. Turns out the story with the mayor, the traveling Irish butcher, and Lucille was as eye-watering as it was eye-opening. But at first, Scallion was reluctant to go to print. Fruber, if I run this story, I'll have to start running other proper stories. But if you don't want to run it, the Anchor Falls Gazette will, along with the details of how editor-owner Harvey Scallion Jr. of the Huron City Bugler tried to hush it all up. Hold the front page, boys! Hold the front page! So, Dennis Blaine is enjoying his can-apes with the mayor of Huron City. Tabitha is currently in Tunisia selling Charlie cupcakes. The stinking cadaver is still in business, while Bella and Amora, queen and former queen of the BSG respectively, are drinking blood and signing autographs at each and every gathering. And here I am, in the newsroom of the Daily Tribune, in the big city of the Strait, working on the largest circulating newspaper in the Kitten State. Oh, (laughs) gotta go. I can hear my new boss calling. I've gotta go look into a story involving a car manufacturer, an underground baloney farm, and 20 tons of missing 4th of July fireworks. You've been listening to Anson Pavlov as Archie Fruber, Scott Joseph as Dennis Blaine, Leah Gray as Tabitha Chocolate, Jamie Leslie as Bella, Sean Michaels as Harvey Scallion, Aisha Candisha as Amora Anderson, Paul Miller as Detective Lenny Holbin, and Jake Buckley as Eddie Spangler. Blood Diner was written and directed by Daniel Williams. The show was produced by Daniel Williams and Anson Pavlov, with sound editing and music by Anson Pavlov. Blood Diner was recorded at Parallel Studios and is an Albion Fields production 
for Huron City Radio.